Well, I'm going to begin this open with what I like to call a parental warning. Uh, we're going to touch some very uncomfortable subjects uh, and, and touch on some very serious matters. But what it boils down to is that there are people out there that want to steal our children and they're coming for them. And we have evidence of that that we want to talk about. Craig Monger broke a huge story uh, earlier this week um, about one of these groups and the egregious things that they are trying to teach your children. We expose that, we talk about it, and we get into all sorts of other shenanigans on this podcast today. We have an incredible culture here in the state of Alabama, but our politics and public policy don't reflect the people of Alabama. Media drives culture. Culture is what drives politics and public policy. Welcome, everyone, to 1819 News, the podcast, where we're pursuing a free and flourishing Alabama with each podcast. I'm Brian Dawson, CEO of 1819 News and host of this here podcast. Today, I'm joined by an Alabama unfiltered host, is a guest co-host, because uh, I'm going to need her help. She specializes more in the area that we're going into with education, with work she does at local Miss Allison Sinclair is here to help me out. Allison, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yep. I know it's kind of scary. Never know what's going to happen when Allison is here. <laughs> and if you guys, you guys are going to get to know Craig and you're going to see that it's actually even more, um, you know, volatile with him in here. So uh, very serious subject we're going to be approaching, but I, I think we'll be able to to present it in a way that's um, educational, but uh, but also entertaining like good content should be. But there is definitely serious overtones that we're going to drop into. And and so uh, the podcast today is about an article that was dropped by 1819 News on, on Saturday. Uh, headline, State Education Superintendent Eric, Eric Mackey and Alabama Department of Public Health Scott Harris connected to Radical Sexual Education Organization. And that organization is the Alabama Campaign for Adolescent Sexual Health. Um, Craig is, uh, one of the best reporters we have here at 1819 news, and he is coming in to join us to talk a little bit about this story. Craig, so much, uh, thank you so much for coming in and your diligence to do hard work and have people hate your guts for doing it. Oh, happy to do it. Uh, it's kind of commonplace for me. Yes. Everyone's hated me my whole life. I thought this would be a fabulous profession for me. Yeah, especially my mom. <laughs> Mom's going to watch this. Yeah, she is. He didn't mean it. Love you, mom. There you go. All right. So, um, you know, I think what's interesting is we dropped this story on Saturday. It's a football Saturday in Alabama, no less, mm -hmm. right? Which is your usually you don't want to drop a story on a football Saturday in Alabama. However, this thing got legs. It started going around real quick, shaking things up because it's absolutely egregious. And we'll jump into the egregiousness of it. Um, but it, it created quite a crap storm. And now we've got, um, specifically Eric Mackey is the only one that's really taking the time to try and deny it. And I don't even know if it's him, uh, per se individually, it seems to be more the department of education, um, and, uh, Wayne Reynolds and all these other people are coming on to kind of try and disavow it. There's a huge part of me that's like, well, thank God these people are willing to publicly deny the egregiousness of this thing that we're talking about. Cause to me, in my mind, these people were like, yeah, it's just the way things are going. And it was just going to kind of go that route because they're going to get they're 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 stuck between a rock and a hard place right. because the people on the left are going to crucify them for denying this horrible stuff that they should deny, and then if they don't deny it, the people that you know elect these uh, uh, public officials and and the make up our out, state neither of them are elected. Well, the, and that's, that's part true, of the issue, which is part so of the we issue need to as get well. Back to that. I'm thinking, yes, you're exactly right, and so 
Uh, but the people that make up the state that they're supposed to be serving as public servants, would, would that be a better way of saying it? Yes. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so, so those people, we call them Alabamians. They're not real big fans of this stuff. Right. It's being foisted upon us, probably through federal dollars and federal grants. I don't know. That's an assumption. Craig will fill us in on all that. Um, so there's my super, I'm not as familiar with this as Craig and Allison are, and that's why they're here, uh, introduction to the subject. So um, why don't you, Craig, jump in and just kind of tell us how this came about? Um, who is the Alabama Campaign for Adolescent Sexual Health? Um, that's just an interesting thing to, it sounds like the government, they just have a thing for a thing and a thing and... Yeah, well, they, they've actually been around for a minute, uh, but they, they they started as the Alabama campaign to prevent teen pregnancy. And then at some point, I have this way, weird thing. I, I mean, I feel like I can solve if they're not having sex, they don't get pregnant. Did you guys know that? Well, well no, actually, according to the Alabama campaign uh, for adolescent sexual health, abstinence only programs are rooted in white supremacy, homophobia, transphobia. Oh, there it is again. More proof of my you know, yeah, allegations <clears throat> continue. Well, uh, and so, yeah, I, I actually ended up at this Avenue when I was, uh, I attended the state BOE meeting where they addressed uh, a bill that was passed this past session. It was Scott Stathagen's bill. Uh, it was sort of touted as the Florida bill slash don't say gay bill. And it said that you could not teach uh, certain concepts of gender identity and sexual orientation in ways that were not age or developmentally appropriate. Well, whenever I decided, okay, who is the arbiter of what is age appropriate, I ended up going through some rabbit holes uh, and talked to Wayne Reynolds, the vice president of the, the state BOE. And I ended up on this campaign site. Uh, I can't remember how, it just happened. And looked through some of the resources and it was sort of, hmm, okay. And uh, when I looked at the board, that's whenever I noticed uh, that it had some familiar faces. Uh, Dr. Scott Harris, ADPH, and, uh, and Dr. Uh, Dr. Mackey with the uh, State Board of Education. And of course, they sat on those board in uh, those, that board in an ex officio capacity, meaning that they're there based on their uh, positions in other places, like with the ADPH and the BOE. Uh, so ex officio is sort of a ambiguous term in this in the sense of the privileges given to ex officio members can vary wildly there's no real difference they can have voting privileges they cannot have voting privileges they can attend meetings they cannot attend meetings uh, so I, I began by uh, reaching out to dr. Mackey's people and to dr. Harris's people just trying to get some information about their involvement and it it, it, it developed that I wouldn't be able to talk to them within you know, any reasonable amount of time. You know, I have editors, I have all this good stuff. Uh, I have obligations. And so uh, we dropped the story. I didn't make the decision to drop it on the Redneck Sabbath, but that's just sort of <laughs> how it I was went. shocked. I was surprised it did so well. But I guess everybody's at their tailgates. Maybe it worked in your favor. And they're like, oh my gosh, have you read this? This just dropped. Yeah, dropping it, a, a two-hour podcast on a Saturday probably doesn't work, but an article that can be read in like seven minutes does. And so um, I think Jeff knew that. And we've seen, we've dropped some other stuff on the weekends before that's performed really well. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like um, our biggest article to date was Andrea Tice's investigative journalist story into the blood clots connected right. with the vaccines. That dropped on a Saturday and it was, you know, it's still the number one like to this day, well, maybe not. I think 
er, the, earlier this week, it's now not the number one trending story after like seven weeks straight. Mm. Anyway. I feel like <clears throat> this story would have taken off no matter what. You've got some sure. prominent names and um, a really controversial, difficult subject. And I'll tell you when I watch the video, which you'll get to, people should be outraged. And I think that this was going to take off no matter what. Yeah, well, I, I'm sure I'm sure it would have, and and again in the in the forthcoming since that, like you said, Dr. Mackey has uh, since uh, broken fellowship with this campaign. Uh, his, uh, according to Michael Sibley, his communications guy, the uh, the the position of superintendent carried with it that ex officio board position since uh, since 2000. And when uh, it was automatically transferred to Dr. Mackey, according to him, whenever he took the position of superintendent in 2018, and he since had his name likeness position removed from from the website, uh, they were somewhat perturbed uh, with myself and uh, with the, the sort of editorial decisions. Uh, they they had a lugubrious perspective of Stop. what what is lugubrious? Uh, dismal um, sort it of makes negative. Me giggle. Yes. Negative. You said goober. Um, <laughs> I did say goober, uh, and so they they looked at it, and Wayne Reynolds himself has publicly called it a, a hit piece. Um, my my perspective on that is, I gave them more time than I would have given anyone else on any other story to get in contact with me. Sure, there was plenty of question marks, and a response and a response from Dr. Mackey would have made a would have made the, the story that I did superfluous. It wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been necessary. Uh, however, it it rolled out the way that it did, and there were questions that needed to be answered. I didn't know uh, what what uh, responsibilities, privileges, any of the ex officio board members had doing what they were doing, and those are questions that they were were very much free to answer. They've also said that I um, was sort of furtive. I didn't. I wasn't forthcoming about why I was getting in contact with them. That is, that's simply not true. Uh, I, I do what I do with anyone. The first, the first communique is always ambiguous. Hey, I'd like to talk to so-and-so about such an, uh, or, or about something. And then as the deadline encroaches further and further, then you get more specific. So when I talked to, um, Dr. Sibley specifically over the phone, I said, I'd, I'd like to talk to talk to Dr. Mackey about his involvement with the Alabama campaign for adolescent sexual health. I said those words explicitly, and it is what it is. Uh, same thing when I sent an email to uh, the media people for Dr. Harris. Now, I've since been informed that Dr. Harris is, I believe, out of the country, and so that sort of, that is what it is. So I haven't heard anything back from his people. And uh, the main concern, obviously, and I said this to Wayne Reynolds, and he agreed that it was a possibility, the concern with the campaign, it, this wasn't a hit piece on Dr. Harris or Dr. Mackey. The concern with the campaign comes in because local school boards have a bare minimum that they are required to teach as far as sex edu education is concerned. You have to teach that abstinence is the most effective way to prevent pregnancy and STIs and AIDS, et cetera, and that uh, abstinence in school-age persons before marriage is considered a social norm. Those two things, which is... Not much in, in, in sexual education. Everything else, a local school board is responsible for creating and implementing their own sexual education programs. Now, when you have local school boards that are that have this responsibility, they are they have free reign as long as they maintain those two concepts, which can be 
you know, if, if, if they wanted to, they could throw it in a sort of an aside and then go into any number of other subjects. Um, they are susceptible to influence from campaigns such as the one that we're talking about. And when you go and look at the resources that I put in the article, and there's an overabundance, I, I was very limited in what I could put in. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff that you can look into. But the, specifically the resources that I provided were to that uh, amaze.com, which is a, which they touted as being for ages 10 through 14. And they have very explicit cartoon depictions that are meant to educate and it co covers everything, <laughs> educate. It, it covers everything from uh, the size of breasts and genitals and, and masturbation and pornography and abortion pills and gender identity, how to be an LGBTQAI plus ally. Here, I'll read them. Yeah, go for it. Amaze has several animated videos on dozens of topics, such as condom negotiation, having sex, intimacy, and emotions. Does penis size really matter? How to be an LGBTQISQPP plus ally. How the boner grows. <laughs> Being female, male, transgender, or fluid. Abortion with pills. What is it? What are pronouns? Porn is not sex ed. Yes. And those were just the highlights. Um, <laughs> there was plenty more. Okay. It's the highlight this reel. This is, okay, 10 to 14-year-olds. 10 to 14-year-olds need to be playing in dirt building tree houses. I mean, like what, what 10 to 14 year old needs. I just get, get it together. I, I need, I mean, like I can bear. Okay. May, no, I'm speechless. No. And, and that's true. I, I, I joke with Brian saying entire societies have, have come and gone. Empires have come and fallen without having to answer the vast majority of those questions. Yeah. And, and, and from the communications that I've received from parents, which has been a lot, uh, the general consensus is there may be some very unfortunate circumstances in which you may have to introduce concepts to children that you would otherwise not want to. This, this fallen world that we live in, there are times where you have to explain uncomfortable things to children maybe before you would have liked to based on circumstances. However, there is, from their perspective, no reason why you should have a broad overreaching um, influence to where you need to start introducing these concepts immediately and always and forever to this specific group of children. It's just, it's the power of suggestion. It's why in the checkout line, they have all the really good candy bars and all your favorite things. Would you like fries with that? Yes. Same thing. You know, and always. so it's like, oh, wait, I wasn't even thinking about fries or my but favorite yes, I do. Bar, but yeah. yes, I do. I wasn't thinking about is my penis the same size well, as my friends. Not, <laughs> I Actually, I've not. never thought about that. It is 2022, so at this point, no surprises. Okay, I don't know. We're talking about <laughs> always does. You got to think about these are things that, like we're grown adults, <laughs> yes. and we all have kids, and it's hard to talk about these things. And it's like, but but why should he? I, I just don't. I don't get it. And so, what are they trying? They're trying to 